In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat> like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. We like to always begin our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We also invoke Mary in the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So I'd like to invite Mary to be with us and to pray with us and to pray for us. As we pray the prayer that Mary loves most. That prayer is the Hail Mary. So let's say the prayer that Mary loves so much and ask her to bless us, our families, our country, and the whole world as we get ready to celebrate uh, this evening and tomorrow one of our greatest feast days, Solemnity, it's the Immaculate Conception. So let's pray. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So let's uh, let's invite also to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Among the many titles we have for the Holy Spirit are the following. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also <coughs> the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. In our pursuit of holiness, the Holy Spirit is essential. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Once we're baptized, the Holy Spirit takes his root, his place in our souls. The Holy Spirit is also our consoler. In the midst of the trials of life, the Holy Spirit comes to console us. Holy Spirit is also our counselor. We're seeking for advice, no better Counselor than the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master. As St. Paul reminds us, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. 
But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba, Abba, Father. So let's uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect and the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts. As we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us that by the same Spirit may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ambrose, pray for us. St. Monica, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So my friends, how true it is that the family that prays together stays together, as well as a world at prayer is a world at peace. Those are the immortal words of Father Patrick Payton, also known as the Rosary Priest. So, to give you more and more encouragement, I promise to pray for you in the Mass that I'll be celebrating today. I have a funeral mass at 10 in the morning and I have the vigil mass for the Immaculate Conception at 6 p.m. So I'll place you on the altar in those two masses with the following intentions. First, I'd like to pray for all of us that we would strive on a daily basis to be more open to the inspirations and the workings of the Holy Spirit. In fact, our sanctification depends in large part on being docile and open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. We might even say this prayer during the course of the day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come <clears throat> through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 
Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill the heart of Mary. My next intention, that all of us would strive on a daily basis to grow in the knowledge of our faith. Try to learn something new every day about our Catholic faith. There are so many different sources. Reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Reading the documents of Vatican II. Reading maybe some writing from the fathers of the church. It's called patristics. We live in a difficult world, but there's a lot of good reading out there. So let's apply our minds to getting to know our faith better. And as a consequence, then we can share our faith with others. My last intention, I'd like to pray in a special way for the conversion of sinners. Most specifically, I'd like to pray for the conversion of deathbed sinners. That means that there will be persons that will be dying today. Maybe they're not well disposed. Let's pray that they would open up, open up their hearts to the infinite mercy of the sacred heart of Jesus. My friends, let's never get tired of praying for the conversion of sinners, but especially for the conversion of deathbed sinners. So there we have it. So today, today we have once again the reading from the prophet Isaiah, which he points out that God is our strength. If we're wearied, we're tired, we're exhausted, God will give us strength. He will help us to soar with eagle's wings. How beautiful Isaiah is. Help us to soar with eagle's wings. We'll be able to have renewed strength not only to walk but to run. As Isaiah points out, if we have God in our lives. Then the response to Oriel's psalm is, Oh, bless the Lord my soul. You might get in the habit of praying, maybe during your holy hour, maybe after communion, maybe during your time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, to pray the divine praises. St. Nasus says we're called to praise God. Do you know the divine praises? Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus, the most holy sacrament, the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be your holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. 
Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God and his angels and his saints. May the heart of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament be praised, adored and worshipped with grateful affection in all the tabernacles of the world now and until the end of time. Amen. When I sit down after receiving Holy Communion, often that's one of my first prayers. I'm living out principle and foundation. I have Christ within my heart and I'm praising Him. You see, I have it memorized. You might even try to memorize it. I have it memorized in Spanish and English. We all have a memory and we should try the best we possibly can to to form our minds, to, to memorize good concepts, and of course to understand them. Then we have the gospel for today is short, is from Matthew chapter eleven. And Jesus says to the crowds and to us, Come to me, all of you are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Beautiful passage. Come to me, all of you. Come to me, all of you. But then I'd like to start off expounding a little bit upon the saint that we celebrate today. My friends, today we celebrate, the name of the saint is Saint Ambrose. Let's talk a little bit about Saint Ambrose, then we can revisit Isaiah and the Gospel reading. <clears throat> Not to forget that tonight and tomorrow we will be celebrating the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception, by the way, is the patron the patroness of our country, the Immaculate Conception. So today we celebrate we celebrate Saint Ambrose. Today we celebrate Saint Ambrose. Saint Ambrose. He's a very key figure in the church in the 4th century, St. Ambrose. And he was instrumental in the conversion of St. Augustine, how one saint can help another one to become a saint. Before entering to enter, to give you some details in the life of this great saint who can help us to become he can help us to become a saint, is the Catholic Church has a branch of theology that is called, it's called actually patristics. They've posted it on the, on the side. It's called patristics. You might say, well, what, the, what does this idea patristics mean? 
Patristics comes from Latin and patre. It means fathers. We have the we have what what are called the early fathers of the church. They're not they're not only doctors of the church, but they're fathers of the church. In the Old Testament, we have what are called patriarchs. The patriarchs of the Old Testament would be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, we have we have also within the church, you have the Western or Latin fathers of the church, then you have the Eastern. John Paul II, the church breathes with two lungs, the, the Western church and the Eastern church. I'll first mention in passing the Eastern fathers of the church, <coughs> most of them being Greek-speaking. And they would be, the greatest would be St. John Chrysostom. Then you have St. Basil the Great. Then you would have St. Gregory of Nyssa. Then you have St. Gregory of Nazianzen. Then you have St. Cyril of Alexandria. Then you have the great St. Athanasius. These are called the Eastern Fathers of the Church. And I invite you to get to, that's why we come together to get to learn. These are called the Eastern Fathers of the Church. Now the Western Fathers of the Church, there are four great figures and they would be the first would be Jerome, and then we have another, his name is St. Ambrose. Then we have Augustine, and then we have Gregory, Gregory the Great, who was actually, he was actually a pope. So there you have, my friends, I posted for you. Those are the those are the four great Latin fathers of the church. I try to memorize them. Okay, Saint Jerome. This would be the chronological order: Saint Jerome, Saint Ambrose, Saint Augustine. They all lived at the same time. Then you have Gregory the Gregory the Great, who was pope, who lived after them. Now, these fathers of the church are known for their great, their great wisdom and their great holiness. Okay, their great wisdom and their great holiness. So today we have uh, we have the person of Saint, the person of Saint Ambrose. It's really a fascinating saint. He was actually uh, born in Germany of a very noble family, noble Roman family, born in Germany. His father was a chief officer in the army. His sister became a nun. 
And then uh, in the year, about the year 370, when he was about 30 years old, he became a governor in the city of Milan. He, he was already studying, he was already studying to become a Catholic, but back then they sometimes wait until they were, were older, almost to the point of dying to be baptized. You see how providence works. After the Bishop of Milan died, Ambrose attended the elections for the next bishop. And he was not he was not even not even a baptized Christian yet. So there was a fight that broke out and Ambrose pleaded for peace among these quarreling people. And the crowd cried out Ambrose for bishop. Don't forget that Ambrose is not even baptized. So within months, Ambrose was baptized. Then he was ordained a priest. Then he's consecrated in a, as, a, as a bishop within a few months. Given that he was a rich man, this is very common in the lives of the saints. He took the money that he had and, and he basically gave it to the poor. He was a highly educated man. Highly educated man. He was a great preacher, a great writer. One of his favorite topics was preaching on, teaching on virginity and he defended the virginity of Mary. He lived also in the time of a heresy called the Arian heresy, which denied the divinity of Christ. And he fought very courageously against the Arian heresy. He had to fight against also emperors. Did not did not agree with Catholicism. One of the key elements of the life of Saint Ambrose, however, is the person of the person of Saint Augustine. And we see how one saint can help another saint to become holy. So Augustine and his mother had traveled from from Africa to Rome, where Augustine was teaching in Rome. Then he gravitated north to Milan, and his mother was also there. So what happened was Monica, Saint Monica, was praying, praying fervently for the conversion of her son Augustine. 
And Augustine had, had already been exposed to Catholicism. Monik was praying for his conversion. Augustine had come in contact with Ambrose and he was very impressed by his eloquence, but also was very impressed by the kindness and the fatherly image of Ambrose. Because St. Augustine did not have a good father. His father, Patricius, was converted at the end of his life, but his father lived a very pagan life and allowed Augustine just to follow his his sexual passions. So Augustine was battling to try to overcome his addiction to sexual pleasure. Such that Augustine would say, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. Give me chastity, but not yet. So, Monica went to Ambrose, and this you can actually read in the book called The Confessions of St. Augustine. Apparently, Monica was, Monica was talking with Ambrose and weeping, and Ambrose said, a woman who sheds so many prayers that her son will be converted. So one day when Augustine was in the garden, a gardener there in Milan, he heard a voice that said, Toli legi, take and read. And Augustine picked up a text from the Bible, Romans chapter 13, 13. Where the word of God said, do not give in to the flesh. Do not give in to the provisions of the flesh but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, with those few verses from Romans 13.13, 13, Augustine was motivated to break the chain that he was carrying, to go against his sexual passions. So he goes to his mother and says, I'm ready to become a Catholic. Monica is filled with joy and they go to St. Ambrose and that Easter who was baptized was Augustine, his son Adeodatus and his best friend Olypius. Augustine was converted to Catholicism. The conversion of Augustine came through the prayers and penance of his mother, through the example and witness and eloquence and fatherly concern of St. Ambrose. And he was baptized and became one of the greatest teachers in the church. So there we have, my friends, in a nutshell, the life of St. Ambrose. He was a real man of God. He was a man of great prayer. He was an intellectual. He's very eloquent. And he's very strong 
not to give in to pressure, but he stood up for the truth. St. Ambrose. Let's turn to St. Ambrose that he'll pray for all the bishops, archbishops, and cardinals of the world that they would try to walk in his footsteps. All right, I'd like to go back to Isaiah. In the last few verses, the last few verses of Isaiah are very consoling. He says, God gives strength to the fainting. For the weak he makes bigger abound. Though young men faint and grow weary, and you stagger and fall. They that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful passage today. And my interpretation for us is the following. My friends, let us not rely upon human wisdom or politics or social mores or popular opinion or fads that come and go like the clouds. So let's place our let let's place our trust, our hope, our lives in the hands of God. Our hope our help is in the name of the Lord <coughs> who made heaven and earth. May the Lord be our rock. Last week we had Jesus who compares our spiritual lives to a man building a house on rock and a man building his house on sand. Let us build our lives on rock. And that rock, that rock, my friends, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's move into that the, the the beautiful biblical passage today, which is very very consoling. This is taken from uh, Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight to thirty, and that is. Jesus said to the crowd, and he says to us, these are very, my friends, these are very consoling words. Yesterday we had Isaiah who said, comfort, comfort my people. You might even have console, console my people. These words of Christ are very consoling. And Jesus says, come to me,
all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are words from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says, basically, come to me all. Come to me all. Jesus is inviting all of you to come to him. Come to me all. Come to me all. One of the interpretations for that, for this is come to me all. That is a challenge for all of us to come to our Lord every day and to make time for him and to be faithful to your holy hour. That's right, my friends. One of the primary purposes, my friends, for us coming together is we're coming together as a family to really pray together. We start by praying together. But also it's a time in which we come together to learn our faith and this should motivate us to to draw closer to Christ. To draw closer to Christ. I'd like to just share with you an, an inspiration that, that occurred to me in trying to draw closer to Christ. And this passage is really an invitation. Jesus says, come to me, all of you. We in our parish, we have a, a, lot, of, a lot of young people that come for confirmation. Yesterday, I said the Mass for just the first year, there must have been at least 200 young people. And I've been teaching confirmation for many years, and um, our desire is to is to get these young people to really get to to know and to love Christ. And we try to utilize all the means at our disposal. But this is an idea that I've had. And to try to connect the young people, and it's and I'll just type it in for you people if you haven't heard it. And it's called it's called the chosen. I think maybe you've had, some of you have heard of uh, Jonathan Rumi, the chosen, where he's doing a series of episodes in the life of Christ. Here we are in Southern California. Over the past three weeks, they've already presented the two of the episodes for the third section. It's very well done. Very well done. And I ask you to pray for us because this, this is my intention. With the help of the Deacon Jonas and and others who work with us in confirmation, is I, to give them 
after Christmas, five days, but if not five days, at least three days, in which we would show them an episode of Chosen. And then after the episode of Chosen, give them a break. Then after the break, there would be sharing groups on what is presented in Chosen. Then there would be guided prayer. There would be guided prayer, that's right, guided prayer. And then after that, there would be Holy Mass. All with the intention of getting to know and love Christ. Now, what do you think? What do you think? This is the, the blueprint that I have in my mind. The blueprint they have in mind. Okay, the kids, they're off. They have, they have Christmas break. And they're not old enough to work. These, these kids are from 13 to 15 or 16. So they have a lot of free time. They're probably getting on the nerves of their parents, probably, probably fighting among themselves. They're spending a lot of time on their on their phone, probably looking at things that are superficial, if not poisonous. So I think that that could be a real winner. So show them an an episode of Chosen, which might be about forty minutes. Then give them. Then give them. A uh, little snack. Then after the snack, you can bring them together. Bring them together into into groups of sharing, and we have what are called facilitators. Facilitators, the way it's done in the spiritual exercises. Then these kids can talk about Christ. In other words, allow them to become actively involved. And I think, my friends, being honest with you, if St. Ignatius were today present, and if St. Ignatius, St. Ignatius believes very powerfully in what is called the use of the image. That's what contemplation is, the use of the image. Face it, we have, maybe some of you are teachers, as myself, young people as a whole, they don't like to read that much, but they like to view things on the screen, on their phone, maybe DVD, maybe on TV, maybe going to the movies, so let's uh, let's get them where they're at. Let's get let's get them where they're at. So the last two episodes have been the preaching and the sermon on the mount. Then you have Jesus who sends out the apostles. 
two by two to preach the Word of God. Now, in this experience, these young people can have a real experience of God, a real experience of God, this can really change their lives. Because they're being, they're being bombarded today, they're being, being bombarded today by so many different ideas, images, words, concepts, and sad to say many of these words, ideas, and concepts, they're actually false. So our hope would be that these episodes on the big screen will possibly wash away the bad images. We also know that the biggest addiction today is that of pornography to wash away the bad image and to plant within their minds the good image. Steve Wood, who is a convert to Catholicism, instrumental for the timeline of the Bible, and many other things, he wrote a 12-step program to overcome problems with pornography. One of the steps that Steve Wood suggests is memorizing sacred scripture. Well, in a certain sense, by watching this this program, these episodes, in a certain sense, it's memorizing not only the words of Christ because chosen you have Jonathan Rumi who's acting in the person of Christ, basically reiterating what the gospel says but with that you've got the background music you've got the scenery you've got the dialogue and conversation so I think that that this could really be a winner in a certain sense my friends we can say it's the battle it's the battle for the mind Modern educators, even on a very young level, are trying to steal the minds of our children, stealing the minds of our teenagers. We want to fill the minds of our children. We want to fill the minds of our teenagers with the truth. And the truth will set us free. The truth will set us free. So that's a that's a project that's a project that I have in mind, and I invite all of you, if we could pray, pray over it, that we'd be able to help the young people not to give in to the paganistic, the materialistic culture that surrounds us, but help our young people to recognize that and you know it from from your own experience that true happiness can only come from God 
Well, the, oh, true happiness can only come from God. That, that's true. True happiness only comes from God. And why is it that so many people are sad? Many people are sad. They want to be happy, but because because they're looking they're looking for happiness in the wrong place. This true happiness can only be found in the hearts of Jesus and Mary. So going back to the, the gospel today where Jesus says, Come to me, all of you are weary, and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. For you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My friends, this is the only time in sacred scripture where Jesus describes his heart. He describes his heart. And he describes his heart, my friends, in two ways. It's meek and humble. Those are the only times where Jesus actually describes his heart. So it's described as his heart is both meek and humble. Meek and humble. The only time where he actually describes his heart, and you see in my studio here the beautiful image of the sacred heart of Jesus. He's meek and humble of heart. Now, I like to speak briefly about the whole idea of uh, he says he, he says my yoke. Let's talk a little bit about he say, he says he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How would you how would you interpret that? I've never been a I've never been a farm boy. I've always been basically a city a city dweller. How 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 can it be that his yoke is easy? I'm sure most of you probably know that uh, a yoke is related to a a beast of burden, like an ox, an ox, or a pair of oxen. This would be the way in which years years ago that they'd actually plow fields. They would have a pair of oxen and then they would have, the oxen would have loaded upon them, they would have a yoke. And then they would have these oxen which actually be plowing the land preparing the land so that 
the farmer could plant the seed and eventually the seed would result in the growth of the crop. However, the the nature the nature of the yoke, my friends, the nature of the yoke would be not easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Quite the contrary, if you think about it, with this farm apparatus on the backs, loading the backs of these beasts of burden. It wouldn't, it actually would not be easy. It would be both heavy and cumbersome. Hard. Hard and somewhat clumsy to be able to direct these animals on the right path. You'd have to have a farmer to basically direct them. So that being the case, how, how could it be then that Jesus says, my yoke, and, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? I'll give you the I'll give you one interpretation. The yoke is basically the cross of Christ. It's the cross of Christ. And look at it this way. Whether we whether we like it or not, whether we like it or not, we, we all we all have to carry a cross. Carrying a cross is is part of is part of life. But if okay now, if we try to carry our cross by ourselves, if we try to carry our cross by ourselves, then that cross that cross can be very very heavy. Heavy to the point of even crushing us, trying to carry the cross by ourselves. It can either make us or break us. It can make us either better or bitter. So with your with your crosses, with my crosses. Let us make an effort, my friends, not to carry our crosses by ourselves. Because it's too heavy. We'll fall, we'll probably fall into depression. I say we're probably going to fall into depression. Let's be honest with ourselves. The crosses, the crosses are sometimes very, very heavy. The cross can be a physical ailment. The cross can be emotional duress. A cross can be some mental anguish. A cross. Usually some family problem. 
with a family member that's calling us, causing us a lot of anguish. Cost can be some economic problem. A cost could be some doubts that are assailing us. A cross can be the death of a loved one. These are all various forms of crosses that are part of part of living. So if we go to Christ, we ask Christ to help us to carry our cross, he will help he will help us to carry our cross. He will help us. He'll never abandon us. So this, this can actually be part this can be part of our holy hour today. It is to come to terms with great honesty and humility, what what is the cross that you're carrying today? Even Rose has pointed out very difficult to let go of our loved ones. My mother passed on just a few days ago. Very difficult. And I'd respond to Rose, Edna, in this way. Very difficult. I'll be doing a funeral just in a couple hours. With with respect to the cross of losing our loved ones, I would invite Rosa as well as others to turn to Mary. Mary, because Mary lost Joseph and Jesus. Think about that. Mary, Mama Mary, as the Filipinos say, Mama Mary. Mary, Mary lost Saint Joseph. We don't know when. We don't know exactly when, but. Mary lost St. Joseph. That must have been very painful. Very painful. She had the best husband. She lost him. But also, even more so, Mary, of course, lost her son, Jesus Christ. And not only did she lose Jesus Christ, but Mary... Stop it, Mater. Mary stood at the foot of the cross. Stood, she stood at the foot of the cross for those three long hours. So Jesus says, Come to me, all of you are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am meek and humble of heart. You'll find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let us go to Jesus 
and let us go to Mary. And let us share our cross with Jesus. We share our cross with Christ, it becomes much easier. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So may God bless all of you and may you find refuge in the sacred heart of Jesus because he is meek and humble of heart. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God bless all of you.